the Westlaw Pirates and welcome to the show. We're here to share our thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports with thoughts and analysis from visceral to the statistical. We run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John Lacombe. And I'm Eric Skoskowspo. Uh, well, guys, today we are previewing a team that we have not lost to in over 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, Notre Dame uh, comes to town, uh, fil- actually fulfilling the back half of our home-and-home agreement. Uh, I honestly thought, you know, for the last year or two that they were going to try and find some way of weaseling out of it coming to Evanston because they haven't wanted to come to Evanston in oh how long. But uh, no, we uh, we get Notre Dame coming to town uh, first weekend in November. Uh, hopefully it'll be a little bit warmer than when we were down in South Bend uh, four years ago because that was a cold, cold game. Um, Notre Dame, interesting uh team i mean they started off last year kind of no one thought that they were going to be that great they started winning a bunch of games and then uh kind of finished a little bit uh a little bit rough but uh john defensively they got a lot of starters back what what are we looking for from the notre dame d well if you want a good metric for how strong the big 10 is nationally as a defensive conference notre dame is probably a good place to start because Last year, the Irish had the 47th best total defense in the country and the number 31 scoring defense in the country. And those are decent numbers, but they would have made Notre Dame the ninth best defense in the Big Ten in both categories. Now, this is probably selling the Irish a little short because they played a daunting schedule last year. And really, the fact that Notre Dame would have been solidly average in a great defensive conference presents a picture that probably doesn't really represent the Irish well. This wasn't a mediocre unit, uh, so much as a young, potentially excellent unit that yo-yoed back and forth against quality opponents. Notre Dame held Georgia, USC, and North Carolina State under 20 points each, and gave up at least 37 to Wake Forest, Miami, and Stanford. So they were kind of all over the place. Still, it's very easy to go glass half full with this unit. The inconsistency the Irish showed last year could reasonably be expected from what was a talent-laden, inexperienced group. Um, That inexperience is no longer a problem, though. Former Northwestern target Niles Morgan is on to the NFL, but basically the entire rest of the 2017 defense is coming back in 2018. The Irish do have a new defensive coordinator in Clark Lee after Mike Elko left for Texas A&M, but Lee was promoted from in-house, so it should be a stable transformation, um, the same multiple formation approach the Irish used in 2017. The Irish defense has a character very similar to the Northwestern defense. The squad isn't loaded with amazing athletes so much as very good football players. Linebackers Tavon Coney and Drew Tranquil combined for only four and a half sacks, but they had a combined 201 tackles and 23 and a half TFLs. Cornerback Julian Love, who was a three-star recruit from Nazareth Academy in the southwest suburbs, who we heavily recruited, um, had three interceptions last year, but had a phenomenal 23 passes defensed. And I mean, he's going to be one of the better cornerbacks in the country this year. Notre Dame got 24 and a half TFLs out of defensive linemen Jerry Tillery, Dalen Hayes, Jonathan Bonner, and Khalid Kareem, all of whom are back in 2018. However, none of those guys had more than four and a half sacks, and the group as a whole only had 12 and a half sacks. 
Notre Dame's top two safeties had 87 tackles combined, but no interceptions. So when you roll all of this together, the group isn't going to blow anyone away, but they are very sound, they tackle very well, and they don't make mistakes. This could easily be a top 25 defense in the nation in 2018. And if they aren't, it will almost certainly be due to their failure to get to the corner, the quarterback and create turnovers. But make one, uh, make no mistake. In a season where we're going to play a lot of great defenses, this is one more excellent defense that the Cats are going to have to contend with in 2018. Uh, so, Scuzz, offensively, um, you know, they bring back Brandon Winbush. It's a question of whether or not that's a good thing. But, you know, the, the biggest issue, uh, you got to think, is you lose two offensive linemen taken in the top 10 of the NFL draft. How do they uh, recover from that? Yep. Uh Somebody has recently said to Brandon Wimbush, I presume, say goodbye to your two best friends. And I don't mean the ones in the Winnebago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, these these guys, Mike McGlinchey and Quentin Nelson, were the two most important players on Notre Dame's offense last year. Uh, they were dominant in the run game. Notre Dame had their best rushing offense in the last 15 years at least. They averaged 270 yards per game. That was an increase of basically 100 yards per game in over five of the last six seasons. And that was also with some phenomenal defenses on the schedule. Georgia, Michigan State, Miami, Stanford, and LSU. Not surprisingly, Notre Dame was held below five yards per carry in all those games. They only got one and a half yards uh, per carry against Georgia. But in every other game, uh, with the exception of Navy, which is weird because there are so few possessions, uh, Notre Dame rushed for more than 300 yards. The problem is that they couldn't pass the ball. While they dramatically increased their rush yardage, the passing game dropped 80 yards per game on average. The sack rate increased, the completion percentage plummeted, and it was really a problem for them. Coming into this year, the passing game seems to be like basically the same deal. I, you know, Brandon Wimbush. Well, we'll we'll get we'll get to him and and whether or not you know he's going to be able to to progress and improve. But in addition to McGlinchey and Nelson, they've also lost Josh Adams, who was the man uh, in all of those rushing uh, setups I just talked about. He averaged six point nine yards per carry. Now Wimbush also averaged five point seven, but still like. Losing these two guys, they still have uh, a guy named Tommy Kramer, a sophomore guard who is going to be the next top 10 NFL draft pick out of Notre Dame on the offensive line. But there's just no chance that between the losses of Adams uh, and, and these offensive linemen that they can repeat what they did on the ground last year, even against a weaker schedule. In addition to losing Adams, the second leading rusher and presumed heir apparent, Dion McIntosh, got kicked off the team back in, in January. And so now they're going to turn to Dexter Williams, a senior who has very little experience, uh, or a sophomore, Tony Jones, who has even less. As some freshmen, obviously, but uh, they just don't have a established player of the running back position. Now, this all may seem really dire, but that's only because of how reliant Notre Dame was on the run game last year. If you think about Brian Kelly's offenses over the years, they've been really balanced in general. But the passing game remains a really big problem. So not only is Kelly looking again at Brandon Wimbush and Ian Book and wondering who he can rely on, but he also has to find a replacement for top receiver Equinemius St. Brown, who left early for the NFL. And number their number three guy, Kevin Stefferson, also got booted off the team along with McIntosh back in January. 
Now, make no mistake, they have crazy talent, like, everywhere. You could argue some of the recruiting rankings are a little biased because basically a kid gets a Notre Dame offer and the recruiting ranking shoots up, but they still have mismatches for Northwestern everywhere. Chase Claypool is a 6'5", 230-pound receiver. Uh, he's really big. He was he was good. He was decent last year. He's a downfield threat. Uh, they've got another guy, Miles Boykin, who is an absolute burner. They've got spectacular tight ends, but it's you know this receiving core is definitely not very experienced. And there's especially going to be a lot of questions going to week one versus Michigan by November. And when they play us, they might have some things figured out, but it's all going to come down to the quarterbacks. Um, if they can figure something out this year, it could be a really big year for, for Notre Dame. Wimbush is electric on his feet. I mentioned earlier, he averaged almost six yards per carry last year. And that was while he could barely throw the ball. He was less than 50% completion. Ian Book, uh, who came in and spelled Wimbush in a couple of different games, including uh, a lot of the bowl. Uh, he was more accurate, but he throws the ball short a lot. He was like five yards per attempt, uh, and he matched his four touchdowns with four picks. And when you think about Kelly's offense and what's been most successful, it's when he has a mobile QB. Deshaun Kaiser, Everett Golson, these are the names that come to mind. I don't I don't see how he can go to away from Wimbush and do all the stuff that he wants to do. And it just I'm just having trouble seeing how this offense puts all the pieces together uh, to be as dominant uh, in, in 2018 that they would need to be to go on a playoff run like some people are projecting. Uh, playoffs for this team, I mean, it's hard for me to, to really see that. Let's go through their schedule real quick. Um, they opened up the, the season uh, at home against Michigan. Um, you know, big, huge week one matchup, probably the second biggest matchup week one. You know, behind the Thursday night open, I, I, I believe. Um, then they're home for Ball State and Vanderbilt. They're at Wake Forest. They get Stanford at the end of September. At Vodtech, home against Pittsburgh. Then they get their bye. They go play Navy in San Diego uh, before coming to Evanston. Uh, after us, they host Florida State. And then they play Syracuse at Yankee Stadium. Uh, before finishing the season at USC. Um, definitely want to highlight that Navy game. Um, you know, because you mentioned it a little bit when, when you were uh, previewing the offense, but traditionally, after Notre Dame plays Navy, they struggle in the next week's game just because playing Navy is just grueling. Um, Navy just, you know, with their uh, triple option attack, it is uh, body blow after body blow after body blow, plus flying back from San Diego, uh, you know, a long road trip. I, you know, I don't know how much faith you put into that, but, you know, I'll definitely hearing people mention that as a potential factor. But, um, you know, Sam, let me just like throw out the historical sure. record Please here for do. you. So um, we'll start all the way back in 2007. Uh, and this was when Notre Dame was in the throes of the Charlie Weiss um, collapse. So, you know, a little bit of a grain of salt. But um, in 07, they lost to Navy, and then the next week they lost to Air Force. Ooh, uh, that's a rough back, back. In 2008, they beat Navy, and then they lost to Syracuse. In 2009, they lost to Navy and then lost to Pitt. In 2010, they lost to Navy and then lost to Tulsa. In 2011, they beat Navy, and then they won at Wake Forest by a touchdown. 
in 2012. This was the national championship uh, appearance season. They beat Navy and then beat Purdue by only three the next week. That was a home game. In 2013, they beat Navy and then lost at Pitt. In 2014, they beat Navy and then lost to Arizona State by 24. In tw- and that was on that was on the road as well. Uh, then you get the like two good years. Uh, in 2015, they beat Navy and then beat USC pretty convincingly. In 2016, they lost to Navy and then crushed Army, but Army. Uh, and then last year, they beat Navy and then lost the following week to Stanford. So that's like four wins uh, in the last 11 tries against the team they play after Navy. And none of, like, none of those teams were good. <laughs> There's another big intangible here, too, which is, I mean, obviously, for Northwestern fans, a Notre Dame game is a, is a big deal, and I'm not saying it's not. But if we're having a good season up to this point, this game is exponentially more important for Notre Dame than it is for Northwestern. Don't forget, the game we play right before this is Wisconsin. And that game means... 50 times more to us than the Notre Dame game does. The only way the Notre Dame game really means something from a football perspective is if Northwestern hasn't had a great season up to this point, kind of like the last time we played Notre Dame, where it ended up being a real notch in the cap of an otherwise forgettable season. Um, But if it's a situation where this is a game that we would sorely need to kind of flip the narrative on our season and look ahead to bowl eligibility, that's one thing. But if Northwestern has a good season going, especially if we've beaten Wisconsin, everyone's going to be focusing on the fact that at the end of the game, at the end of the day, this game doesn't mean a heck of a lot in the big 10 West race. Whereas Notre Dame would be staring at three straight losses to Northwestern. Um, The pressure is exponentially higher on Notre Dame in this situation. Um, obviously we all know, cause we're still waiting to get the official word on our single game tickets, uh, that we've all, you know, looked ahead to for this Notre Dame game. Um, the tickets, I mean, this is the hottest ticket in town. I mean, it's a huge deal. Notre Dame fans are going to come out like bananas for this game. So um, but I, it, let me interrupt you there for a sec, John. Michigan sold out before Notre Dame did. Yeah. Technically not the hottest ticket in town. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's, which is funny because I think. You know, for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, I don't know the moving pieces. I just know that this is the one game that Northwestern Ticket Office has not yet confirmed, only because I've recently called about it. Um, and uh, so I don't know whether there's some sort of demand or they've allocated extra seats or there's something going on with that one. But but in any case, um, this all just goes to say that this game means a lot for Notre Dame. And it's weird to say in a Northwestern Notre Dame situation, but there's a really good chance this game is going to be more important for Notre Dame than it is for Northwestern. And I kind of like being in that position. I want Notre Dame to be feeling the extra pressure, um, especially on the road. Well, an interesting, not only are they coming off that painful experience that we'll be playing Navy, uh, they're going to be playing in, you know, our smaller stadium, which certainly has a good atmosphere, but it's not, you know, it's not like playing at Clemson or at Oklahoma, you know, one of the, you know, one of these epic uh, college football stadiums. They also have a game against Florida State the following week. And I, like this is just a perfect storm of not good situation uh, for Notre Dame mentally. Um, but, you know, let, let's not forget that we are going to be coming off the Wisconsin game. So, I mean, body blow theory. Yeah, yeah go, we're going to be equally go both ways. Sure. Oh, again, like that's kind of to my point i i guess sort of in another way if we win that wisconsin game 
the Notre Dame game is just gravy. Like, yeah. I mean, great. If we win it, great. If we don't, it's not going to mean a heck of a lot. Um, so, I mean, uh, but I mean, again, Notre Dame is going to be coming in. They, I'm sure, are being, you know, they're going to have have had it drummed into them that they have a two-game losing streak against Northwestern. I do want to ask you guys if you haven't seen, when the la- when was the last time Notre Dame played in Evanston? Take, Ooh, that's a good question. Take a guess. Oof. I'll say the late 70s. I'll say like ah. Rudy was on the team. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it must have been like the early 90s. 1976. Oh, right. oh I was wrong. Rudy might have been. Was Rudy on that team? I, I feel like I was pretty close. I don't know. I you know haven't seen that movie in a while. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, here's like we've had to play. I, I believe they wouldn't come to Evanston, and in order to play them, we would have to go to Soldier Field. I mean, Fitz is going to have just an epic amount of, of locker room material for this game, right? There's the there's the classic story about him going to visit Notre Dame and them not really paying any attention to him and then uh just obviously the the epic nature of the of the 1995 game um the you know Northwestern obviously had this game circled on their calendar 4 years ago. They they played so well. They were so prepared and uh and approached it in the right way they, they benefited from some really questionable brian kelly uh decisions yep um i've had at least two notre dame people cite two-point conversion charts uh to me in the last the last 10 days but i just this is this is a really tricky game for me to project for northwestern because the the defensive matchup is so bad for us but the like like notre dame's defense is such a bad matchup for our offense but the opposite is so true for for RD and trying to contain um you know the the, the Notre the anemic Notre Dame passing game and the decimated Notre Dame rushing game that like anything could happen here and and you know we spent a lot of time talking about intangibles and other factors and that's that's probably what this is going to come down to and of course you know speaking of intangibles it is funny i mean i it's annoying that a while ago, we put a piece up on the website about, you know, potential recruits and talking about, you know, Notre Dame being a positive indicator. And because uh, there, there was a really big offensive lineman from Adina who we had targeted as a potential, and he has signed with Notre Dame. Uh, and another and another offensive lineman. Yeah, and another offensive lineman from the Northeast who we had basically scratched off because even though he was from the Northeast, he went to a Catholic high school, also signed with Notre Dame, both four-star linemen. But... With all that said, from a perspective of recruiting, you know, these things do continue to matter, especially in the Chicago area. It's funny. Um, I'll be going on vacation with my family in Florida um, this coming December. And, you know, we have a hotel room that's got an ocean view. And, you know, so I thought about the prospect of, you know, staring out my window, looking at clear blue water going, you know, the entire way. And then they came up to me and they said, what if instead of an endless view of water, we just replaced it with a giant statue, a giant picture of Jesus? Would you rather have that? And I said, <laughs> no, I, I'd actually I'd actually rather stare at beautiful water that goes as far as the eye can see. I'm not saying that, you know, recruits feel the same way as I do. That's just that's just my own personal take on it. 
<laughs> I, I, it took me a long time to figure out where you were going. Yeah, with that, like, I, I, that, that <laughs> long runway, but a nice payoff. Good job. Uh, anything else to add on this game before we uh, get out of here, guys? Well, how? So, I mean, I know it's you know not conference, but where do you guys see Notre Dame finishing out here? Um, I've, I've to me, I, I don't know. I'm looking at kind of nine wins. I think they've got their six gimmies, and then of the six hard slate. Um, I mean, I think this is a good football team, but I, but you know, if Wimbush really ham, Wimbush really hamstrings them that much, I mean, they play, they have six tough games on this schedule, and I think a split seems fair. I, I mean, frankly, like I've I've heard a lot of people talk about this defense being, I don't, I'm not going to say on par, but the best that Kelly's had since the the 2012 team that went to the national championship game. The offense that year was equally horrible. They 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 relied on. I mean, Manti Teo made so many game winning interceptions; it was absurd. Um, but then Everett Golson like really showed up in a couple of key spots. Uh, but they weren't they weren't explosive. This D feels better to me, and this O feels worse. I mean, this D feels as as good. You know, maybe maybe a shade below. The offense definitely feels worse. I I can't see them winning out against this group. I'm already on the record of saying I think Michigan's going to hammer them in week one, and especially with the uncertainty on O-line, at receiver, etc. Like, they're lucky that Stanford and Florida State, you know, two of their other most difficult games, are at, are at home uh, in South Bend. But I could see them lose as many as four, and I could see them lose as little as two. But I, like, I don't think it gets much better than that. I mean, not having uh, dove into what Stanford looks like this year. You know, Florida State. You know, who knows their first year. Bryce Bryce Love. That's all you got to know about yeah. Stanford yeah. right now. <laughs> what did he average last year? Eight point something yards per carry. Uh, a bajillion. Yeah. I mean, he's oh, he's phenomenal. Um, USC should be pretty good, I would imagine. Um, you know, Florida State's good. Not knowing too much else about the ACC. I mean. They should, you know, at least on paper, roll through that. You know, I don't expect anything out of Vandy. You know, Ball State's a, it should be a gimme. Um, you know, th- that Navy game is always weird. Uh, they're, they got their bye to prep for it. So, yeah, I mean, I could see eight and four, I, you, but you couldn't, you wouldn't um, catch me too off guard if you said they were going to go 10 and two and, you know, I I don't like I don't know that they're eleven and one undefeated playoff worthy or you know I I don't see them going quite that far. But at the end of the day, they'll be probably top fifteen in the country. I'd imagine. This is a darn good football team that's not going to be good at protecting the quarterback and not going to be good at getting to the quarterback. Um, and I feel like that's what's going to hamstring them. Worth noting there, I forgot to mention this, their O-line coach went to the NFL as well. Um, and they you, you talked about the turnover at D.C., John. Like, there's, yeah, there's some holes here. They're, I don't I don't see them in good shape for that Michigan game. Yeah, Scuzz is right. It, it's interesting because, you know, at the beginning of last season, Brian Kelly was on the hot seat. Now he's not. But, I mean, those rumors are always swirling. Like, does he want to go to the NFL? You know, could that you know? Could those stories kind of reemerge and cause some sort of disruption in the locker room? I don't know. 
Sure, um, they take they lose they get smoked by Michigan and take a road L to Wake Forest at the end of September. Uh, <laughs> they'll they'll be calling for him road right lost, at that point. Road loss to Wake Forest. I don't know. That Wake feels well, Wake was far fetched. I mean, Wake was pretty good last year, were they not? I mean, they were part of that whole ACC cluster. You know, they didn't play. They played games. zero. No, they played yeah. no no teams. Well, you asked me what would what would it take to get the Boo Birds out? That's what it would take. <laughs> Well, let's go ahead and leave it there for our Notre Dame preview. Head to our website, westlotpirates.com, where you can leave comments and questions. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter, at Pirates. Uh, you can call our voicemail line, 847-231-2287. And as always, you can email the show, westlotpirates at gmail.com. Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern athletics. And look for us in the Westlot of Ryan Field flying the red pirate flag, because we give no quarter, especially the fourth. For John Lacombe and Eric Skousby, I'm Sam Walter. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.